Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 114. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio, helping entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners around the world skyrocket their sales and multiply their profits. Now, here's your host, Kelly Roach. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to have with me here today very special guest, Phaedra Koenig. Phaedra, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Doing good and excited to have you on. So let me share a little bit of your background and then we'll dive right in. Sounds so great. Just for everyone listening, Phaedra is an Amazon best-selling author. She's a podcaster, a lover of Starbucks and the television show Scandal. Phaedra is determined that no one facing a crisis feel alone. Known in pop culture as America's crisis coach, Phaedra interviews high achievers who have faced unimaginable obstacles and come out on top. Her bold approach to crisis management is out of the box and is changing lives. You can find out more about Phaedra at doinglifewithphaedra.com and you can find her books on Amazon. You can catch her podcast, Coming Out of the Fire, on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Phaedra, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. All right. So this is one of those interviews where I am just so fired up and, and really happy to have you here, Phaedra. And I'm hoping that you can help all of us out because, you know, you have this unique, extraordinary background in helping people work through, manage through, and even manage others through crisis situations. And to be quite honest with you, Phaedra, this is something that we all face, but no one ever talks about. Why is that? Oh, it's the truth. I say this. Everybody's hiding something. And that something is what's standing in the way between where they are now and everything that they say that they want to have. And there's just something about keeping things tucked away that people think is in their best interest or that if people find out that they're going to be somehow derailed. But it's actually the opposite, that if you're just open and honest about your situation with the appropriate people, you will actually be able to achieve the level of success that you really truly want. Yeah, absolutely. I think asking for help is one of the most invigorating, empowering things that you can ever do in your life is to just be honest with, first with yourself, I think, and say, I need help. Like I can't handle this on my own. And then when you find the right person that actually can help you, it's it's like a thousand pound vault being lifted off of your shoulders, right? Oh, absolutely. And you hit on the key. The key is finding the appropriate person to get the support from. And that's where I think people kind of flounder because they want to talk to their friend or they want to talk to a family member and they're not going for the right person. And because of that, they stay in what I call commisery rather than getting through into conquering, which is way more important. Okay. So now we're hitting on it. Boom. All right. There we go. Listen up, people. Here we are. Okay. So let's talk about the difference between commiserating and and conquering and how do we find the right people to help us when we're struggling how do we get ourselves out of that comfort zone of commiserating and into the conquering and the conquering mode of thinking and action taking 
Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways. Sometimes you have to pay for it. Sometimes you work mm-hmm. with someone like me as a coach. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go to a therapist, which is different than coaching, but yep. it does actually tackle the same situation, but in a slightly different way. Sometimes you go to a mentor. Perhaps you'll be part of a mastermind. The key is to be very specific about who you're going to, because if you're just going to like, for example, perhaps you're a entrepreneur and you struggle with alcohol alcoholism. And you think, well, I'll go to AA. There are what I call high functioning groups and low functioning groups. And while I think that Alcoholics Anonymous is a phenomenal resource for people. I categorize that as a low functioning group. It's usually a group of people in the same boat who are going together either because they've been forced to or because it's the only resource that they know. And they go there and they talk about what I call G ain't it awful. And they're having people pat them on the back and go, yeah, I get it. I understand. But they're not necessarily being um, directed towards something higher and better and more powerful. So that's a form of commisery. It's not really looking to solve problems. So if you're an alcoholic and you're an entrepreneur or a business owner or a even in an executive or part of a family, the key is to go and find a resource that is going to take you to conquering, not just talking about it, but actually looking at these are the problems, identifying the problems, and then seeking the way to actively make change. Yeah, I think that I think that's so crucial to have that mindset of, of seeking out the right person to help you overcome whatever it is that you're struggling with. Um, I think also, you know, acknowledging that you are human, I think for some of us, especially entrepreneurs, um, you know, when you are struggling, whether it's with dealing with a family situation, or, you know, a health crisis yourself, or, you know, whatever it is, um, you you know, something with your kids, whatever, you know, sometimes as entrepreneurs, we almost feel like we're the person in the family that everyone looks up to. And so it's really hard to even bring yourself to the point of saying, you know what, like in this situation, I can't do this alone, right? It's so true. And I work with a lot of business coaches because they have people who are paying to be in their masterminds or they're paying for one-on-one coaching. And people think, okay, I just need to learn how to do this business stuff, right? And so they pay for these very high-powered coaches. And then yet they're not taking action. And the coach is frustrated. They're frustrated. I come alongside those coaches. And what I see is that people are hiding something in their private off-duty life. And they think that they can compile compartmentalize that and keep that out of the conversations with their business coaches or their book coaches or their speaking coaches. And they don't integrate the two. And because they think they're compartmentalizing it, it's in their subconscious. So it's not at the front of their mind. And so they're not dealing with it. And I come alongside and show them that you actually must integrate your off-duty and on-duty self. And when you do and you embrace yourself as a total human being, because say you're struggling in finances, If I help you come to realization of what's going on with your finances, what's amazing is the tactics, the tips, everything that you do to get yourself righted in your finances, it transfers because how we deal with one thing is how we deal with all things. So as we learn the better ways to integrate our off-duty and on-duty self, what happens is people start to lose weight. They start to have better relationships. It starts to go into every area of their life. And that's when they see their true success really take off. 
Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And I'll tell you, Phaedra, that I see that with a lot of my clients. You know, they'll be going along, going along. Everything will be going great. They're taking action. They're getting, you know, great results. And then all of a sudden, they'll, like, disappear. Or yep. they'll fall off the radar. I won't hear from them. And I'll be, like, following up and be like, hey, like, how are you? Like, what's going on? Well, then, like, a month, a month and a half later, they circle back and they say, hey, you know, this is what happened. And it's, like, it's exactly what you said. You have to, whoever it is that's going to help you or however you're going to work with someone to to um, be by your side through whatever, you know, that you're trying to achieve, you really do have to integrate that because you can you can set up a system around it to work through it and, and conquer it. But it's like you said, if that's not being discussed, um, then it really does block you. It, it really does block you and stand in the way of you moving forward with everything else. It's like on the one side, exactly what you said, Vedra, when you do incorporate it, you kind of open the floodgates in all the other areas of life. And then on the flip side, when you're pushing it down and you're not dealing with it, it kind of blocks you from those things, right? Yeah. And if you're a business coach, and I know lots of your tribe is actually coaches as well as people who are receiving coaching. The thing is, as a coach is to recognize when your clients are hitting these blocks and have resources, people like me, who can come alongside you that you can refer to because most coaches are not equipped. I mean, I have 22 years in the fields of psychology, mental health, family courts, and social work. So I've worked with thousands and thousands of people going through the worst times of their lives or who have just stymied in life. So having somebody like me as a resource is really beneficial to coaches because, you know, just like for me, when a client comes to me, uh, they typically are going through the worst time of their life and we get them through to the other side. And then they're just so empowered and so ready to do something with that, that maybe they want to write a book or maybe they want to start speaking. Well, guess what? I have colleagues that do those things. So I plug them into those coaches. It's the same thing with business coaches. If you're a client, are hitting a wall and you aren't equipped to help them deal with the psychology of it, then having someone like me in your pocket is really helpful, not only for you, but for your clients. So it's important to have these resources available so people can move through the blocks. And what I say is the people that really like to work with me have spent a lot of money on very specific and targeted types of coaching. And once we talk about the blocks or what's really going on and they integrate the two things, what happens is everything they ever learned and all the money that they spent, it just automatically clicks and they get to implement all of it. So what they've learned is never truly lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's so true. That's so true. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about how to show up powerfully even when your life is crazy, even when you're going through something personally, because this show is listened to by hundreds, you know, of people that are high achievers, they're leaders, whether they're an executive leader, they're a small business owner, they're an entrepreneur. And we all have crazy. We all have crazy yep. going on. Every single one of us. I guarantee there's no one listening that's like, oh, yeah, my life is, you know, <laughs> all right. And so, you know, how do you show up powerfully? How do you keep your head in the game? How do you, you know, keep all the balls in the air and keep moving forward towards your goals when you're kind of at that tipping point of, of everything kind of um, exploding? Oh, I you love know, this. Right. Yeah, no, I love this because it's so true. Everybody's hiding something and it's to what degree that they're hiding. And if it's not happening to you yet, it's just a matter of time. Either yourself or someone you love, that one degree, your kid, your spouse, your family, whatever, is going to go through crisis and it's going to bleed over onto you. So I love mm -hmm. that you're addressing that because high achievers, we carry, we have really broad shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. But 
life still happens to us. And the key really is about that integration. It's not like you've got to walk around talking about your crap. That is not what I'm telling people to do at all, but to be strategic about it. Now, even though I said it's about integration, there's also a very important part of compartmentalization, right? So if you are dealing with something, making sure that you're taking care of it, but in the appropriate times and the appropriate venues. So the people who are high achievers, type A, who are able to manage life crisis and still show up powerfully, number one, what I've found is they all have one thing in common, and that's grit. They also have a really highly developed resiliency muscle, which means that they get knocked down just like anybody else, but they quickly and effectively bounce back and they actually leverage what was meant to knock them down towards their good. They learn a lesson from it or they dig deeper from it or it teaches them something that actually propels them forward. So as far as tips, my thing is having that person, that confidant, I can't say that enough. They call it community, whatever you want that to be. Having that, being a part of a mastermind group where you can go and be real and honest. I envision sometimes like a high-powered judge, right? They're dealing with right and wrong, life and death, a lot of very powerful stuff. And yet they're human and they've got stuff going on in their lives. Those type of men and women, they have to have very strategic partners in their lives where they can go and be vulnerable and and authentic. Um, having that is probably the number one thing that I, I encourage people to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, just to repeat again, I think, you know, working on your mental toughness, I always say that that it's, it's, it's a muscle, just like everything else. It's, it's practicing resiliency. It's picking yourself back up. It's saying, okay, next time it's not going to take me quite as long to bounce back. You know, next time I'm going to push myself harder to, to move forward, even though I have all these other things going on. Um, the grit, you know, and, and then the leverage, like you said, I love that leveraging that into your future success, using it as a, a catalyst for what comes next and how you help people in an even bigger way. Yeah. And one thing I want to bring up is a lot of people come to me super frustrated because they've overcome a lot already and maybe they get hit again, right? They're like a repeat customer. They're like, seriously, I thought mm-hmm. I had gone through the worst thing I yes. ever would. And here's what we I always tell them. The higher the level, the higher the devil. Yes. Now, if you are a Christian as I am and you know that you're out there meant to do pretty powerful things, I guarantee you, if you believe in God, you need to believe in the enemy because the enemy is just as... Um, just as desirable that you fail as God is that you succeed, right? So he's going to come at you, bro, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to bring the higher consequences. So you have to come to the realization that good things happen to bad people at the same rate that bad things happen to good people. So it's not about life being fair. It's not about overcoming and then never dealing with life again, because it's going to keep coming. And if you get to the point where you realize that that ebb and flow is just part of life, there's a sense of, like I said, come at me, bro. It's like, it's going to come. It's going to happen. But you know what? I have bigger, better tools that I can face it with. Yeah, no, I love that. Absolutely. It's so, so true. So I want to, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about managing employees who are dealing with a personal crisis, because I think all of us who have been in leadership, management, run our own companies, etc., have gone through the experience where we've had an employee, uh, great person, someone we love working with, someone whose performance uh, was very strong, um, plugging along, plugging along. And then, you know, one day um, it, 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 something hits them and you know initially you probably don't know what it is 
Um, you notice a big change in behavior. You notice a huge drop in their performance. You find out later, obviously, that there's you know some type of crisis going on. Um, give us some strategies and tips for dealing with that because I, I have personally been through that many, many times as a leader, and I know it's one of the most difficult things um, that, that I think a manager or a leader can ever go through is trying to balance both um, getting the results and holding a person accountable, but yet at the same time trying to be a good person, trying to be supportive and, and give this person the, the leeway that they need to work through what they're dealing with. Can you, can you give us some tips and strategies around that? Absolutely. And you know, it's more common than ever. We live in a sandwich society right now where oftentimes we have people who are parenting children and oftentimes these kids are now on the spectrum, so to speak, right? They're dealing with some type of developmental disability or something like that. And they're sandwiched in between their children and then their adult parents, the baby boomers who are starting to become elderly. And a lot of times people are trying to work, they're trying to parent and they're trying to support adult parents. And it's a challenge. I see that a lot with the corporations that I work with. The other part is that people are really interested and want to support their employees when they hit a crisis. But what happens is there's like a timeline, right? It's like 30 days. Hey, I'll support you for or whatever. But when it gets to be like a malaise, like say maybe they're dealing with a chronic illness or a family member who has cancer because cancer is more prevalent than it has ever been. Mm-hmm. And having mm-hmm. helping support someone through hospice or navigating the medical system or what have you, it, these are things that didn't really happen even, you know, a decade, 20 years ago. So when people go through crisis, as employers, we're really all there. We rally, you know, you'll see people who will donate their sick leave and do all these things. But what happens is when it draws out over time, then it becomes an issue. So the thing that I help leaders understand is that I developed a system. It's a, I call it the bucket system. And there are four buckets that people fall into. And this is how they manage crisis. The victim, the, the victor hopeless and helpless. So when people face crisis, they fall into one of those buckets or categories and sometimes they overlap, but there's always a predominant way that people manage crisis. And that's the the victim, the victor, hopeless and helpless. And if you understand how those people react, react, you're then able to meet them where they are and to develop a plan to help them through. And what's great is it acknowledges people where they are at the moment, but then it also shows how do you motivate a victim, somebody who always sees it as happening to them, right? Or how do you motivate someone who's hopeless, who feels like it can't ever get better or someone who's helpless and thinks I can't do anything on my own. I rely on other people to do it for me. So So understanding the psychology of how people think and how they react in crisis and then showing them what the alternatives are. And my experience is that people, every single one of those buckets has a counter, has the way to spark them, to support them, to to help them. And by doing that, it's a win-win. The the employee feels supported and the, the management feels like there's a roadmap. There's a measurable tool for getting them through to the other side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's super, super interesting. So can you expand on that even a little bit more, Phaedra? I would love, I would love everybody listening to, to kind of get an idea of maybe some of the things at those different stages that would be the right match for the types of, of ways to meet that person where they are and, and, you know, support them. 
Yes. So I'll just briefly just choose one from each category. So a victim, a victim is the person who feels like everything happens to them. Like, you know, poor me, I don't have any control in my life. And the good news is about victims they are incredibly loyal people. They, as far as employees go, they are the people who would never just walk out on their job. They really um, are loyal. And so the good part about that is with a victim, oftentimes they've just never exercised their ability to operate independently because they They've never had to. Mm-hmm. And if you start to empower them to make their choices and they can see that when they make choices, it act, they're actually walking towards everything they've ever wanted, it will actually, through positive reinforcing, they will start to modify their behavior. So if you don't just buy into the fact that that um, everything happens to them and help them see the difference, they will start to become more empowered. So with the victor, everyone thinks, oh, well, the victor, I mean, the victor is the powerful one. They're usually first responders, social workers, medical mm-hmm. providers. They're the ones running into the building when everybody else is running out. Yes. But the problem with the victor is they don't know about self care. They don't know when enough is enough. And so they will end up with like burnout. Right. And, and yeah. So helping a victor recognize the value of self care and letting them know that they aren't the smartest person in the room. So if you're in management, you have some authority over that. So you can require of them, you know, Mm -hmm. that they Mm -hmm. not work overtime, that they not take all the double shifts, that they, um, aren't, you know, that, the power yes. of, you know, dif- diffusing responsibility. So they aren't always the one and that will help preserve them. So they don't just burn out and then all of a sudden, you know, disappear or what have you. The hopeless person, they're a person who feels like no matter what, it's never going to get better. But here's the key to a hopeless person. Secretly, they want you to prove them wrong. So if you start to show a hopeless person, alternatives or ways that it could actually be different, they will jump right on top of that and they will be so grateful and they will start start walking towards it. So that is really great problem solving and showing them a better way. And then the helpless, again, they think that other people are smarter than them, more capable than them. They're the ones who defer. So the good news about them is they fall into authority very, very easily and they're very dependable that way. But it's because they have never exercised their own ability. An example of that would be um, a husband and a wife and the husband passes away and the wife, he always took care of the finances. He always planned everything and she never did it because she she succumbed. She thought she was helpless. Um, These women oftentimes have to make radical decisions about their finances. It usually starts with funeral planning, what have you. And they realize their power because they start to actually do it. And they're like, whoa, I never thought I had that in me. And that's when you'll start to see them. And if you're there to positively reinforce and as, as far as being a manager, each of these different types of personalities, it's through your positive reinforcement that they will kind of have their lights on moment. And that's where you hear people say, that was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And yet it was the best thing that ever happened to me because they learned something about themselves that they never expected. Right. 
Wow, I love this. So, so powerful. I mean, we've all been in these situations. And like I said, the reason I was so excited to have you on today, Fedra, is because you are talking about these things that we all deal with, come across every single day. This is reality. Like, this is life. And it just isn't talked about. So I just love that you're developing systems around this. You're giving people key strategies to work through and deal with these things. I have to imagine that not only when someone deals with this with an employee or in their business or in in their leadership role, and learn how to you know manage others through these situations you also learn a whole heck of a lot about yourself along the way and how to you know deal with these situations as you come across them as well right Absolutely. And what tends to happen is people will come and they'll get this information and they'll come back and say, oh my gosh, my relationship with my spouse has improved so much because I identified what their victim role is. Because think about it, anything that's adverse is a crisis. So if you have a pattern of engaging in life in a way that brings about adversity, so maybe you always fight with your spouse over money, or maybe you always argue with your kids over X, Y, or Z, what will happen is you'll go, oh my gosh, they're a hopeless or, oh my gosh, they're a victim. I know what to do about that. And because you can modify your own behavior, because really, truly, we can only control ourselves. But by modifying your own behavior and how you engage with them, those relationships start to change. And it creates open windows where maybe you could have a conversation like, hey, I don't know if you ever noticed this about yourself, but here's what I've learned. Mm -hmm. And people consistently come back to me and say, wow, I came to you and hired you to teach me how to be a better manager. And now I'm a better citizen. You know, I can handle handle customer service even better. It's just because again, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I do, I would like to ask you a little bit about, uh, creating a pattern interrupt in your life. Mm. I think that, you know, one thing that I come across a lot in dealing with entrepreneurs is going back to the four different kind of mentalities and ways of being, you know, when you're dealing with a crisis, I think there's also people that run cycles, Mm -hmm. right? They run cycles in their life over and over and over again. Um, The same situations come up and and I would love to hear kind of your take on that and and how to break that, how to create a pattern interrupt for yourself if you keep finding yourself uh, running in the same patterns, running in the same cycles, you know, and, and what to do about it. Oh, I love it. Pattern interrupts are my favorite thing on the planet. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Because they change everything. So the key to a pattern interrupt and what a pattern interrupt means, you're literally going to interrupt your thought process or your activity. And it's pre-planned. So the key to this is when you're in good headspace to think about what your pattern is, what you always do, how it always goes down, and then to pre-plan what that interrupt will be. Now, that's ideal. That doesn't mean to say that when I'm in crisis or when I have an aha moment and go, oh, I'm in a pattern, I can interrupt it. But really, if you're not super savvy in the beginning, it's better to have it pre-planned and have it written down and it becomes an agreement. So what that means is that if your pattern, as an example, is that you have a home office and you're isolated and it's difficult for you because maybe you don't shower. You know, a lot of people talk about that pajama lifestyle and what have you. And I think it's great for some people, but it's actually depressing for a lot of people because they're not actually getting up, getting dressed and showing up powerfully. Like right now I have on full makeup. I'm dressed cute. Even though you can't see me, I showed up powerfully to this interview Mm -hmm. and it's important. So let's say you don't do that. And you notice that, you know, you start to feel isolated and you start to feel lonely. And then, you know, it spirals into that hopeless or helpless or victim. 
What you can do to stop that is get up and do something that's the polar opposite. So if you're using your brain, then your pattern interrupt is going to be to do something physical. So maybe your agreement is you're going to go walk your dog. Or you're going to go, for me, it would be go go to Starbucks, leave my house, get in my car, and that pattern interrupt breaks the neurology that's going on in your mind. If you're out doing physical stuff and that's creating a pattern, then you want to go do something intellectual. That's why adult coloring books are so popular right now. Those are a pattern interrupt that people hadn't thought about using and now all of a sudden they're super popular. So... Having something pre-planned that's the polar opposite will actually get you out of the mindset, the thought patterns, and it will disrupt what is going on in your head. Yeah, and I actually, I love what you said about planning in advance. You know, I think that, um, you know, like I said, as, as I've dealt with entrepreneurs, you know, in my business and, and individuals I've managed over the years, um, you know, individuals do tend to run cycles and patterns. And I, I love what you said about actually planning in advance what you're going to do differently the next time. Like, yes. what are you going to do differently the next time X, Y, and Z comes up? Because I do think it's about taking control, right? Like, it's about taking control of your own life, taking control of your own response, your own way of handling things so that you can direct and create a different outcome versus kind of what you were talking about earlier, you know, being a victim in the situation, just being carried by the tide of circumstance, right? Yeah, absolutely. And this is a great time to use an accountability partner if you need that. Um, you know, my background's all in mental health, and this is really born out of working with chronically mentally ill people. One of the things that we always did is what's called a safety plan. So a pattern interrupt is a less stringent safety plan. And the key to a safety plan is that the that we call, we call them consumers or the, the client, when they're not mentally adverse, when they're whole and, and, and their mind is clear, they help you develop what happens when I'm not doing well mentally. Well, I get depressed. I start sleeping all the time or I get paranoid or I get avoidant. Okay. So those are the symptoms that me as the support person could recognize because oftentimes when um, we're in a malaise, we don't know it. The people around us know it faster, right? So with the safety plan, what happens is I have already built a relationship with my client. They know, like, and trust me. So they know that I wouldn't talk to them about a pattern interrupt unless I really felt it was in their best interest. And they agree when they're in good space to honor and and accept my feedback. Because when you're chronically depressed or when you're having a bipolar episode, your mind is telling you it's not true. But if the person you know, like, and trust and respect says, hey, babe, here we are, we need to implement the safety plan. They actually are relying on that relationship that they've built with you and said, okay, I don't believe it and I don't see it, but I'm going to trust and I'm going to walk towards it. So for you with the pattern interrupt, you know, I'm working under the supposition that you're not dealing with a chronic mental illness. So you will have some self-awareness. And that's why it's so important to say, what is it that happens? What are, what is the pattern that I develop? How will I recognize it? Okay. These five things are going to, might happen. Oh, I look 
look at my checklist, my written out plan, and I go, oh, the five things are there, so I must be. And if you have an accountability partner, that helps you, you know, actually do what you said you were going to do. So maybe for me, my accountability partner would be, okay, when I'm headed to Starbucks, I'm going to call you on my way and say, hey, I'm taking a break, you know, and, and maybe that support person will go, well, what was going on? And you get that time to actually, again, high functioning person to connect with and say, well, I was thinking about this, that, or the other. And they can remind you who you are, remind you where you're focused, remind you what be, could be an alternative. And they work hand in hand. Yeah. No, that's great. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. So this has been so incredibly powerful, Phaedra, um, today. Thank you so much for all the generous insights that you shared with our listeners. So tell us a little bit about what you're excited about that you're working your business right now and how our listeners could get in touch with you if they want to learn more. Oh, thank you so much. The thing that I'm most thrilled about is my podcast. It's called Coming Out of the Fire. It's a bunch of amazing people who have been through the unimaginable and they fought back. And what we all know from nearly 100 interviews that I've done is that their story might not be your story, but I guarantee you that the range of human emotion is the same. And there's something so magnificent about hearing these tales that are almost seem just like they couldn't really be true, Mm -hmm. but they are. And hearing that what the people did to get through it wasn't a crisis Kool-Aid. There was no special pill. They weren't better connected. They didn't have more money, but they did do a series of very, very small things that when added together, got them through to the other side. So I'm so thrilled to have these conversations and, and really show people that they are not alone in their particular situation. So that's what I'm all about. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher. If you want to get it just off the website, you can go to accpodcast.com and you can get all of the episodes right there. Uh, My website is Doing Life with Phaedra. And I have a contact me form on every single page because I love to deal with people one-on-one. So that's a great way to reach me right away. I'm really prolific on Facebook. I'm very interactive there. You can private message me if you want to tell me your story. If you have a very specific question, I would love to hear from you. That is absolutely awesome. And we will list all of those things in the show notes as well. And the podcast is coming out of the fire, right? It is. It is. So everybody, I want you guys to take a listen. Check out Phaedra's awesome podcast. That sounds incredible. I definitely want to take a listen. Um, Phaedra, thank you so much for being a great guest for us here today on Unstoppable Success Radio. Thank you. All right. So for everybody listening, that's a wrap. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining this episode of Unstoppable Success Radio. To get exclusive access to Kelly's free video and audio trainings to explode your business growth, simply visit kellyroachcoaching.com and join her email community for resources she only shares there. If you love today's episode of Unstoppable Success Radio, pass it along to a friend, colleague, or client that may benefit from the content. Until next time, dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen.